everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. We have a lot to talk about on today's show, because last week I talked about the Ukraine invasion by Russia, but at the time of recording that episode, the invasion had yet to start, so a lot has happened since then. However, in the last week, we have also had, or rather, yesterday for me, we had the State of the Union address by President Biden. I'm not normally someone who takes the time to tune in to a State of the Union. I've watched several in my life, but it's not like, oh, I gotta watch the State of the Union. Get some nachos and beer. But I was a little interested in this one because it's happening right at the invasion of the Ukraine. And let's be honest, there's a good chance from an entertainment perspective that Biden was gonna fumble some words. Preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russell ruble. ruble. Pound of Ukrainian people. First, I will say that no one, well, no, not no one, there were a few people in the room at the State of the Union that were wearing a mask. These are our government officials who have been making us wear masks and go through mandates, and then they walk around with hundreds of people in one little space, elderly people, and pretty much no one wearing a mask. Hypocrites. Pieces of shit. Oddly enough, Biden still walks like to helicopters and planes in open fresh air on the White House lawn wearing a mask. It is a total move for the news, for the media, for PR. Why would he need to wear a mask on the White House lawn if he does not need to wear a mask in a room of 199 other elderly people? I don't know the exact count of how many people were in the room at the State of the Union address. I'm guessing it might have been a couple hundred. But they were also spacing seats out. It was like dude bros who go to see a movie at the movie theater when it's not sold out and they don't sit right next to each other. They leave that gap because otherwise that seems just a little too gay. I can't think of any other reason why people do that, but I've been with friends and dude bros, I guess, that... Don't want to be right next to me in a movie theater. I'm not going to, you know, make out with you. I don't like the way a goatee feels when it tickles my balls. Not speaking from experience, but that's where I'd put my money. So in the State of the Union, I will say that Biden did better than I expected. Like I said, I was expecting some gaffes, some stumbles. Yes, those were there, but this is one dude talking for an hour and like 20 minutes. It's like a monologue. People who host Saturday Night Live are terrified probably. These are huge stars, but they're worried about having to go do a monologue in front of a much smaller crowd in a much smaller room on a much smaller stage. And their monologue might be four minutes. This was an hour and 20 minutes long of just him speaking. Well, and a lot of standing ovations. I hate that. Doesn't matter what president it is. Every four and a half seconds, half the room has to stand up and applaud. Just let the man speak. Not everything he says is standing O worthy. In fact, I would argue that none of what the presidents say deserves a standing O. You can clap. You can nod. But standing up and down that frequently with the average age of the people in that room, I'm going to guess a few knees are going to need surgery tomorrow. One gaffe that I did pick up on was him trying to say Ukrainians while the Ukrainian U.S. ambassador was in the audience sitting right next to his wife, pretty much, you know, an important seat in the house. Granted, there was a spare seat between them because they're dude bros, but he called the Ukrainians, it was either the Iranians or the Uranians. So if it's Uranians, that's a whole new country we don't know about, or maybe it's a civilization that 
lives inside of my urethra. Those would be Uranians, in my opinion. Unfortunately, they get flooded about eight times a day, so it's not a very stable region. Sorry, Uranians. And yes, I have mentioned the average age of the room of the demographic for the State of the Union multiple times because, let's be honest, everyone in our government, for the most part, save for a few, is older than dirt. It looked like an early bird special at a Ponderosa. A lot of you probably don't know what Ponderosa is. It's like a buffet where they serve a lot of meat, so it used to be an 80s thing. I guess now they have something similar that would be like Golden Corral, I think it's called. But it's essentially like every cruise ship and Vegas hotel, but just in a little restaurant in your local location. This is a lot of explaining about Ponderosa. I know, and Ponderosa isn't even the thing I I want to point out it's the early bird special that's the point of that whole turn of speech that i just used and failed miserably with our government is old it was like a turkey neck competition up in that piece <laughs> Yes, Biden is very old. He's 79 years old. He looks it. I've made jokes myself about the fact that he's been dead for decades. It's a joke. Of course, I know he's alive. I think. Otherwise, Jim Henson is making a pretty penny on our tax dollars. I will. I brought a book. <laughs> it's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational. This is what we call a puppet show. But let me tell you, Mitch McConnell, he didn't come off too well. He's a Republican, the minority leader, and every time they cut to him, it was... Oh boy, it was a it was a terrifying nightmare. Every part of his face was bloated and pasty, except for his eyes, and all around his eyes, like the flesh around his eyes, everything was red. And then when he would blink, like he didn't blink all the way. He's so old and so close to death, he can't even achieve a full blink. It's gotta suck when he wants to go to sleep. But Mitch McConnell, you have won the Jeff Becomes Jeff Podcast Award for Best Dressed Corpse at the 2022 State of the Union. Seriously, people, we have to make a change. We can't have the people making decisions for us be 10, 15, 20 years past retirement age. There's a reason why people retire at a certain age. They can't think as fast. They can't do things the way they used to. But they're so locked in. And our system allows them to keep being a part of the system and probably partially out of fear of change, newness, with a new untested elected official, they continue to get reelected and reelected and reelected and reelected until they look like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man with red eyes, like Mitch McConnell. So the last thing I will bring up about the State of the Union was that Biden ended the speech with God bless the troops. I'm, I might be paraphrasing here. I don't remember word for word. I didn't record it or write it down. But God bless the troops. 
go get him. And the go get him was clearly about Putin and the invasion on the Ukraine. However, Biden had also made it painfully clear in previous press conferences that the U.S. was not going to send troops to defend the Ukraine from the Russian invasion. Why is he telling our troops, God bless you, go get him? Spoiler alert much? So I don't think that was just a bumble or him forgetting something or speaking to my urethra and the colony that lives there, the Uranians. I don't think this was a case of that. I think there's shit afoot that we're not being told about, and he made a boo-boo. He may have accidentally leaked some top secret high security clearance information, but in regards to Russia's invasion on the Ukraine, I I did it again. Ukraine, not the Ukraine. I suck at that. But there's been a lot of developments since my last podcast because I recorded it prior to the invasion actually starting. Probably the biggest thing to take note of is the fact that Putin, after a couple days of the invasion, not going as well as he thought, like his tanks and his convoy vehicles were just running out of gas. Who brought the spare gas can? I thought it was you. No, I told you to do it. That's an embarrassment. The Ukrainian people have fought back valiantly and kept Russia, a country significantly bigger than Ukraine, at bay. This is also an embarrassment to Putin and his small dong. But because of all this embarrassment, Putin announced that he was putting his government, his military, on high alert from a nuclear perspective. Well, this is kind of important, people. Things just turned up a notch. You don't want the word nuclear ever, ever being discussed by a country who has over 40% of all of the nuclear weapons in the world. So we'll see what happens, but he's getting pretty desperate, I think, because everything he's tried, not working. And if he sends too many troops into Ukraine to fight Ukraine, that leaves his own country exposed. Like I said last week, it's like a game of risk. You don't want to move all your pieces into one little space and leave your big space exposed. That sounded a little dirty. But one more thing I do want to mention in regard to last week's episode about the Ukraine invasion is I made a comment at one point that when editing, I left it in, but I felt a little bad about, and that was saying that I don't care what happens over there because it's on the other side of the world. I was trying to make a point and illustrate that only because of our hyper-communication that we have in this day and age do we even know a conflict is brewing. And I'm tired of the United States constantly going to be big brother for every fucked up war that takes place on the other side of the world and that impacts our bottom line. It impacts our stock prices. It impacts our voting decisions. It impacts the value of the dollar. It impacts gas prices and we've seen that. So in the State of the Union, Biden mentioned that we're going to like, we're going to get some so many barrels of oil out of our reserves, our emergency reserves and other countries are going to do that and we're going to pull together because so many countries are dependent on Russia for oil. Guess what? I'm going to tell you a secret. Get a little closer. I want to tell you. 
We have a lot of oil already right here in the U.S. But our government continues to shut down oil mining in the United States, which would make us more self-dependent. Seems smart. This is a pretty good example of why fracking and pipelines and stuff like that, not a bad idea. Also creates a lot of jobs. And those jobs turn around and create monetary resources that are profitable for the organizations, the companies, the government, as well as reducing the price of oil and gas for the average American. The other day, I went to get gas, and it was $3.70 in Ohio for the 87-octane cheapest bargain basement version of gas that you can get. That is bullshit. And if anyone in our government truly cared about rectifying that, they would recognize that we have resources here at home. We don't need to dig into our emergency reserves. There's a reason why they're emergency reserves. They're for an emergency. This isn't an emergency. This is just a realization of poor planning and poor trading and poor decisions and poor restrictions. I'm a little angry. Can I... Calm down for a second. Take some blood pressure medication. I'm kidding. I don't take medication for blood pressure. Probably should. I don't. But we're going to (sighs) reset. So I'm going to change subjects. And before we get to our topic of the day, I do want to mention something about TikTok. As some of you or many of you know that I have tried using TikTok for the last, I don't know, few months. And I've had some videos with some success, over 50,000 for a couple videos. But last week, I posted a harmless video, and it was removed by TikTok. Now, it could have been for copyright violation. It was me filming my TV and captioning the video. But that's pretty much what I've done over and over and over again for the majority of my TikTok videos, and none of those have been flagged or pulled. But I just don't like the idea of censorship that quickly with my involvement and account with TikTok. So all this to say, there's a good chance in the next week, maybe sooner, I'm just going to delete my TikTok. I don't like it. I don't use it. It's not doing anything for me. You know how I feel about social media. Sushmeet! I had hoped that it might be a productive tool for promoting the podcast, but I don't really think it did anything to move the numbers. So moving forward at the end of the episodes in the podcast when I tell you where to follow me on social media it's just going to be Twitter and Facebook moving forward at Jeff Becomes Jeff not going to mention TikTok because it's probably going to go bye bye So, finally, we get to today's topic. We are the algorithm. Oddly enough, the title of this episode, while I did not mean for this to happen, reminds me of We Are the World. I used a clip of We Are the World last week because I said We Are the People, and that made me think of We Are the World, and then that made me find Stevie Wonder going... And then I watched the entire music video twice in a row, crying. Yes, I am an emotional type. It's fine. I embrace it. I don't care. I think it's healthy. But that really is such a beautiful song. And in addition, just getting to see so many artists, huge artists in one room doing their own variation of the same lines is so cool. And so many of them are dead now. I mean, shit, the song was written by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie. Michael Jackson, he's dead now. 
a friend of mine and co-worker, Whitney Nicole, who is also a musician and singer, very talented. I'm actually going to have her on the podcast as a guest in the near future. But she sent me a link to when Haiti was in trouble and they redid We Are the World with like Justin Bieber and Lil Wayne and Celine Dion doing Cindy Lauper's parts. gonna tell you, not so good. Just write a new song, people. I can't say they were stealing the idea because Lionel Richie was very heavily involved, and he's a co-writer of the song. However, not not good. Well, I mean, it wasn't awful, but compared to the original, garbage. But while this episode is not called We Are the World, it is called We Are the Algorithm. That's right. I'm gonna be talking about more social media stuff. You know I hate it. You know I think it's a detriment to our actual society, and that's why it is poorly named social media because it cannot be more antisocial. Additionally, this might have a little bit to do with the idea of simulation theory, which I have discussed in my episode called Simulation Theory. Go listen. But I had the idea to discuss this when I was recording last week the episode where I talked about the fact that the Russian invasion on Ukraine was not really in the social media circuit. It wasn't in the public eye that much unless you went out of your way to find news. And this was one day before the invasion. Now, more people are hearing about it. I still don't see a lot in social media feeds about anyone talking about it. At least not on Facebook. Twitter, yes, you get more. But on Facebook, you would always get people who wanted to post stuff about COVID, about vaccines, whether they believed or disagreed one way or another with the science, with the government. You couldn't go a day without seeing something in your feed on Facebook about COVID. But even five days after the invasion started, it is still rare, if not impossible, to find a post in your feed about the Russian invasion on Ukraine. Despite the fact that a few days ago, Putin mentioned, I'm putting my nuclear military on high alert. Kind of important. Maybe we should talk about that more than silly vaccines that allow you to get sick and spread it to people. But it made me realize that we are part of the problem. We are the algorithm. We think of algorithms as like computer generating things solving us. It is, but once we get involved and we click the links that we're served and we view the videos we're served and we read the articles we're served, we have become part of the algorithm. We're predictable. So, Before I get too far, some of you might say, what is an algorithm, Jeff? I'll tell you. Thank you for asking. The definition of an algorithm is a process or a set of rules to be followed in calculations or other problem-solving operations. So it's just patterns. It's just constant patterns over and over again until something works out right. Like, for example, I can solve a Rubik's Cube in under four minutes. Why? Because I learned the basic algorithms, the patterns, and the order in which those patterns occur. I'm not a genius. It looks that way to everyone else when I solve a Rubik's Cube, but it's literally eight patterns, eight algorithms in an order. If you do that and memorize that, you can solve a Rubik's Cube probably faster than me. I just suck at turning the shit around so it takes me more time than the average person. But that little basic pattern of how to turn, huh, huh, 
huh, huh. Four moves, whatever, eight moves. Very basic, but it's always the same repetitiously until you get what you wanted to get, and then you do it again or turn and position. But in computers, like I said, it means that we have basically become solvable, just like the Rubik's Cube. But are we really that predetermined as human beings with all of our individual interests and tastes and varieties on that? Are we that predictable? No, we're not, but we have let ourselves become predictable because we click the links that were served when we get a recommendation for a pair of boots from Amazon. We click it and buy those boots because they were suggested based on the waffle iron that we bought last Tuesday. But we have become so dependent and trustworthy of all of this suggested bullshit in our feeds. The computer is learning us in a very basic way, but it works, which means that we're not actually making any effort to not be part of the fucking algorithm. And a lot of the problem is that we have this reliance on social media and just media in general, like news, the internet, articles, YouTube videos. And since these algorithms are so basic, they're putting us into like buckets. They know, look, I can take this person who might be right-leaning, but a little middle-leaning. We'll just make him more right-leaning because I don't want that extra step. And it's why you see the division in our society, culturally, racially, politically. We live in a black and white society, not racially. I'm talking it is one side or another. There's no gray area anymore. That sucks because the gray area is where all the best shit happens. We are not just two people. I'm red. I'm blue. That's not who we are, but we have let these algorithms drive us into this divisiveness that wouldn't exist otherwise. Just like COVID, you saw the polarity of people who pushed the vaccine and told everyone who didn't want to get the vaccine that you're a fucking dumbass. And if you don't want to get the vaccine, then you can unfollow me. That's harsh. It's not a very American opinion or perspective. Doesn't really embrace freedom or free thought or free speech. You have the free speech to be a dick or an asshole and say that because if you say that, yes, you are a dick. You are an asshole. You are an arrogant piece of shit. But that's almost everyone right now. If you sit on one side of a perspective or an opinion, everyone on the other side is a fucking dumbass. And that makes you a dick. It's kind of like the whole Black Lives Matters versus Blue Lives and All Lives Matters. But let's just drill it down to Black Lives Matters versus All Lives Matters. Those two movements, guess what? They're saying the same thing. Semantics, people. If All Lives Matter, then Black Lives Matter. If Black Lives Matter, then they're included in the sentiment of All Lives Matter. So the country got into a war of fucking semantics and got divided by rhetoric. For the most part, we all want the same thing. We want peace. We want unity. We want acceptance. We want understanding. Yes, I know that's easier said than done, but don't think that the people that you think are dumbasses when you're being a dick, don't think they're not 
pretty much exactly like you. And people are entitled to their opinions, whether you think they're fucked up or not. If you think someone's opinion is fucked up, I guarantee you they think your opinion on the opposite of the matter is equally fucked up. So who's right? No one. Their opinions. But we think of them as facts because we're served all of this bullshit by the algorithm. The algorithm that's solving us. The algorithm that's learning us. The algorithm that is turning us into the Rubik's fucking cube. The algorithm that is turning us into the actual algorithm. We all know that we're served headlines, feeds in our social media, advertisements based on computer learning technology. We've all gone to websites and then on the right side there's, you know, these ads for shit that you just bought yesterday. And it's like, why do I need you to give me an ad for something I've already bought? But it's because at this point the algorithm hasn't determined that you actually bought that. They know you looked at it, you were interested, but eventually they'll move on to other things you've looked at but haven't bought yet. But we all know that that's how it works. And we don't fucking care. We don't do anything about it. We don't purposefully click other links that we're not supposed to be looking at. Well, those don't exist. You would have to go find those. You would have to do some research. Go read shit from people you don't agree with. Read it with an open mind. That's what is the beauty of free thought, free speech, free expression. We all don't sit in one bucket or another. Quit painting yourself blue or red or rainbow or whatever. Except that you are just a small speck, a little gray of sand on a vast beach in this existence. And if we don't work together, we're not going to be a beach. We're just going to be a bunch of individual annoying grains of sand in someone's shoe. So how do we break the algorithm? Like I said, quit clicking all the shit that is served up to you conveniently. You are letting the computer control you. You are letting the algorithm define your thought process, your purchases, your political opinions, your stances. Look for information elsewhere. Look for the opposition. Even if you disagree, that's okay. You are way more informed if you're reading stuff from the opposition than you are if you are reading stuff that you already agree with. Don't let yourself feel like a Rubik's Cube. You cannot be solved in eight basic patterns. And I assure you, the internet and social media doesn't even need eight patterns to figure you out. Limit your social media usage. Live life. Experience things. That's what we're put on this earth to do is to live. What is the meaning of life? Simply to live. Everyone thinks there's some grandiose fucking purpose. No, you are a grain of sand on a beach in the existence of time. Be the best grain of sand you can. Shimmer when the sun comes out. Hold on tight when the tide comes in. And represent that beach when the sun comes up the next day. Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. New episodes released every single Monday morning, 2 a.m. to be specific eastern time in the united states please follow me online on social media oops actually i could give two shits if you follow me online because i hate social media but if you want to at jeff becomes jeff on twitter and facebook not mentioning tiktok because it's gonna be gone soon bye bye until next time i'm jeff it's time to see the the what used to be called rust belt become the, sh- the, the, the the home of, of, of and I'm Jeff. It's time to-
reading tonight? I will. I brought a book. <laughs> it's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational. This is what we call a motivation. Good night. to the devil and I prayed and I showed him the mess that I've made and I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over but the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire and said can you turn the heat a little higher cause I've been burned and I've been burned Time's over, but he just covered me with water. So I went to the Lord of the sea. Said, won't you come wash over me? Cause the roads and the woods have been winding a million times over. But she receded from Covered him with water from the land.